Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community, covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. As a reminder, you can subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, and as always, you can download the latest episodes at webmasterradio.fm. In this episode... I'm bringing, uh, bringing back to the show the old host of Press This and to talk about uh, schema as a growth strategy and joining us for that conversation, as I mentioned, previous host of Press This, Yost Valk. Yost, welcome back to Press This. Thank you. It's good to be back. I know this is your second time back, I think, maybe your third as a guest since yeah. your time yeah, hosting I, the I, show. I, I, it, it, it's good to be back periodically. I, I feel I still feel very connected. Awesome. Yeah, I know I have uh, people even still today. Like, isn't that Yoast podcast? I'm like, not anymore. But uh, it still comes <laughs> up. Not been for like seven years or something. So exactly. And I remember uh, when you did the interview during PubCon, we recorded there in the green room and it was so yeah. loud and I had my backpack mic set up with the mic inside the backpack and soundproofing all around it and it actually worked out quite well. Um, but I got ribbed a little bit for that as well. I will impromptu sound engineering. It was, it was good fun. It was also, uh, that was my first PubCon ever, which is hard to imagine if you realize how long I've been. I didn't know that. That's insane. I didn't realize that. Yeah, but uh, no, yeah, it was good fun. Awesome. Well, in this episode, we're going to be talking about, it was actually kind of serendipitous. I was interviewing Dave Davies uh, a few weeks ago, uh, Beanstalk I Am, about different types of search layouts. And minutes before uh, getting on that recording to record that with Dave, um, 
Yoast, Yoast SEO announced uh, enhance or, or support for schema. And I was like, oh my goodness, how serendipitous of this. And of course, I had zero time to research it. So for this episode of Press This, I wanted to bring Yoast back on to talk about that. Um, and so, Yoast, before we kick things off, for those living under a rock, could you briefly describe what Yoast SEO is? Um, Yoast SEO is, um, I think, the most popular SEO plugin for WordPress. Uh, we uh, try and make things easier for people to optimize their WordPress sites to be found in search engines and on social media. Um, our, uh, well, two things that we claim to do are, on the one hand, improve your technical SEO to a ridiculously high level by not letting you do anything to it. Um, and on the other hand, giving you feedback to uh, optimize your content in the best way possible um, so that it can be found. Um, All right. Well, I know that it's not, at least on our platform, not just the number one SEO plugin, but the number one plugin, actually, um, used by more sites on WP Engine than anyone else. So that's pretty uh, pretty good bragging rights there. <laughs> right. uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's about nine million sites or so at the moment. Um, yeah, it's a ridiculous number. All right, so a good good number of people rely on Yoast for SEO. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about schema though for a minute. Um, you know, I know a lot of people obviously leverage Yoast to, to kind of get a leg up in their SEO strategy, but what does schema mean in the context of SEO? Like, what is it so people can help get their head around it if they're not familiar? Yeah, so schema.org is a way of, it's basically a methodology for describing data, um, all sorts of data. It's what they, what it's called structured data. So it, it's data that you can give to a search, engine, a search engine that it can parse easily in a, in a format that is predefined so it understands it. So for years, we've been building sites that have things like, um, recipes and movie reviews or restaurant data or all these things that um, we as humans can parse very easily because when we see an address we recognize that address immediately when we see a recipe we rest we recognize that it's a recipe and we recognize that that particular list there is a list of ingredients and that particular list there is a list of how to um, make that recipe all that context is very hard to grasp for search engines and um, what we've, what Schema.org does is, is provide a, a, a way, a, a, a strict set of how to define that content so that search engines and others can read that easily. So it's a way of basically tagging your content so yeah. the search engines can parse it up without having to figure out on their own what your uh, title ingredients mean versus someone else, um, yeah. some, some so, other words they may be using. Yeah, so basically schema.org is, is the result of the realization that search engines are not all that smart. Uh, and feeding it to them with a spoon a bit more instead of with the truckload. Um, so by, by implementing schema, you're basically giving all the specific bits of data on your site, uh, to search engines in a way that they can understand it better and, and really know what, what it is that you have on your site and really know how to use that. 
So you mentioned recipes, movie reviews. Are there any other examples of how search engines may use schema to serve uh, results to the visitor? Yeah, so the, the amount of uses are huge, like literally there's tons of them. I think the most obvious ones in the search results right now are reviews. Every, everywhere where you see a rating or a star rating in the search results, uh, that's usually powered by schema or other structured data. Uh, recipes where you see things like calorie counts and uh, the time it takes to make that recipe and all that sort of stuff. Um, video for video objects, image for image objects, um, stuff for person and organization that and it's a lot of that stuff powers all the data that you see in these knowledge panels on the right hand side in your search results. Um, uh, let me go to so it's all these kind of uncommon layouts then right it's not yeah like basically everything that's not like a blue uh, a blue title and a, and a black description is powered by schema and so if you the, the gist is roughly if you want to be seen in those areas schema is almost a prerequisite in many of those cases um, yeah. not just helpful yeah absolutely and for for if you want to rank in particular areas it's really it is a requisite so um, ranking for recipes without having schema market for your recipes is impossible. So I think that's really good to know because I think a lot of people in their technical SEO kind of begin and end thinking of the kind of natural organic results without thinking about all these different layouts all over the page where things like schema can just be the doorway to even getting in there. So yeah. that's an example of how like a traditional search engine might use it. Um, do you see like non-traditional search engines or other types of sites also use that schema data like shopping engines, that kind of thing? Um, well, one of the best examples I know is Pinterest. Uh, who use it a lot. So all these rich pins that you can find on, on Pinterest are usually powered by schema as well. So Pinterest is a very good consumer of uh, things like product data for shops um, because it uses that data to, uh, to filter like, okay, so what is the product on this page that we just shared the image for? Um, so, oh, you were going to say? No, go ahead. I was just saying, so it's not just the kind of standard search engine, but there's other things like Pinterest. So you kind of have maybe multiple ways to win if you were thinking about implementing schema strategy. It's not like you're only doing this for the purpose of, say, Google or other search engines. You're also getting these kind of ancillary benefits from things like Pinterest. Yeah, yeah. It's, and I would expect... Uh, that list to grow as schema becomes more ubiquitous because it's a very easy way for uh, uh, for platforms to parse content out of pages. And this is actually really interesting because this uh, schema, for example, also has me thinking about how your other applications might interact with that. Um, thinking about how you're layering in the structured aspect to your content. And we want to pick up on that, but we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. What if you had access to analytics from the most visited sites on the web? Think about real-time sales and signups from Amazon and Netflix, stats and engagement from Slack and HubSpot, all on one patented platform. That's Nacho Analytics. 
Nacho's perfect for details on your product design and development, instant for influencer info, and fantastic for real-time financial figures. Level the playing field today for your business with Nacho. What are you doing? All this Nacho talk got me hungry. Level the playing field today for your business with NachoAnalytics.com. Seriously? It passes before it's noticed. A slight rising of the eyebrows, a widening of the eyes. It may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation. The heart adds a beat like a quiet exclamation point on the experience. Within a tenth of a second, the reaction has passed, but not without leaving its mark. Someone found what they're looking for. Does your website deliver impulses to act? It can. Intended Consequences is the podcast for digital marketers who see their job as changing hearts and minds. If you're frustrated, bored, or in a rut, it's time to spread your wings with me, Brian Massey, and my guests. Find out how successful, curious, creative, and data-driven marketers are making a difference on purpose. Visit IntendedPodcast.com or find us where you get your podcasts. Intended Consequences. Marketing on purpose. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. We can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now. Let's press forward with more Press This only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I'm interviewing Yoast Avalk of Yoast SEO about the new schema capabilities in Yoast. And Yoast, right before the break, you were sharing a little bit about how non-traditional sites, say, um, for example, Pinterest, are leveraging schema. Um, but I wanted to kind of shift gears a little bit before I get too far down the line around, say, third party or, or other software you might be running that could use it, but want to talk a little bit about just schema in general and the WordPress context. Um, I know that the new version of Yoast enables um, schema markup for customers, but prior to that, or say separate from that, how do how have people traditionally addressed implementing schema in a WordPress context? So most of the plugins out there that existed to do this just added a whole bunch of fields that you had to fill. Um, so it was a separate of your main content. Um, and then you, you, you get a, like an, another meta box in your editing screen where you'd have to input a lot of these uh, fields and values for the particular thing that you wanted to show up. And, and which requires both more work and knowledge of what to put in there. Uh, which is what we wanted to fix for a long time, but we didn't know how to until Gutenberg came around. Um, and also, um, the problem is that uh, 
what happens a lot is that all of these plugins each do their does their own bit of schema. So you'd have a recipe plugin that outputs the recipe with schema, but it doesn't tie it into the rest of the page. Um, so we were running into this problem where people had five or six or seven different plugins and all of them were outputting schema blocks on a page. And at that point, it wasn't really clear anymore how this all related to each other. Because you could have an organization block that says this is the organization of this website. And then you could have another website block that wasn't tied to the organization block. So it was very hard to, to parse and to understand like, okay, so how did these things relate to each other? Um, in fact, this was a, a, a thing we commonly heard from, especially Pinterest, who were scanning product pages and were saying, hey, we see four products on this page. And it, uh, apparently this uh, site has a, a plugin that does related products and it outputs the same schema for those related products as it does for the main product. So when we, when we read the schema on that page, we don't know what the main product is. So um, we set out to like, okay, how do we fix this? And one of the problems we run into is that they would, while schema.org has a lot of documentation on individual data types, it doesn't really have all that much documentation on how to tie things together. Um, so we had to figure all of that out. So it was kind of like this shotgun schema where it was like every time a product would appear on a page, the way people would implement it, you'd have kind of like this duplicative information from the third party's perspective. Hey, which product name do I use? Which price? Which one represents yeah. this page? Kind of like having maybe multiple meta titles and descriptions on one page. Yeah, which is uh, unfortunately also still, too, uh, also still too common. <laughs> but... Um, uh, yeah, so th that's what we ran into, and, and we needed to figure out, like, okay, so how do we, A, prevent ourselves from doing that, and B, create an API in an ecosystem where people can tie into our system for schema uh, and, and make sure that that page really talks about what it needs to talk about? So, I mean, obviously, Metadata is one of the things people rely on Yoast for. So, you know, enhanced schema support makes sense, but specifically, how did you go about it? Like, help me understand roughly how the new Yoast SEO works with helping folks implement schema. So, um, I coded 90% of this myself. Um, and the funny thing is that we added a ton of code and, and it adds a lot of schema, but we only changed one setting in the back end. So we do all of this almost automatically. Um, what we do is we output a, a couple of different things together and we tie them together. Um, but we, we output like, what is the organization or person that is behind this website? What is this website? What is this current web page that is part of this website? And what is it about? and what's its title, its description, et cetera. So we already had all of that metadata we already had somewhere in Yoast SEO, uh, which is why it's made so much sense for us to start doing that, but we couldn't just, we couldn't tie it together nicely yet. We had some of that schema already, but what we did in this, in this major release is that we tied all of it together in a way that it worked better, and we added uh, support for not just organization, which we already had, but for web page and website and uh, a couple of other uh, related um, schema types like article 
um, and we titled this together so that all of the metadata that we already were outputting now was also being output into uh, into schema in a in a comprehensive way. Um, it's kind of hard to uh, describe when you're not when there's no screen in front of you, but look at any page that runs Yoast SEO and, and run it through Google's structured data testing tool, and you'll see that it outputs one very big blurb of like this is everything. Instead of what you do, what you see if you go to any other page that doesn't run Yoast SEO, but another uh, system or maybe multiple schema plugins, you'll see like the structured data testing tool outputting ten, five or ten different data types and none of them are tied together. And sometimes they even give conflicting information. And by tying it all together, we prevent conflicting information and we, and we also make sure that we can really set one particularly important thing, which is what in schema is called the main entity of page. So you can have all these different things on a page, but there's one thing that is the main entity. You can have like 10 things, but if the page is a recipe page, then the recipe should be the main entity. And we can set that automatically because we know what your main article's focus is and, and what, is in, what is in your post. So we can set that and we automatically give all that metadata in one big schema blob to the search engines. And funnily enough, um, in terms of data, that's actually relatively small. It's like a couple of lines of JavaScript that you see and that you probably can't even parse as a normal uh, person. And I don't think you should try and parse it because it's incredibly hard. Um, but um, it, yeah, it, it does really give all of the metadata that search engines need in one big go. So like, I mean, a lot of times when people talk about optimizing their site or their code for search engines, it's off, often in the lens of, I wanna do more of the parsing for them. I wanna reduce their workload. I wanna make it easier on them. Um, and, and that can manifest in different ways or, or maybe even not at all, depending on the tip you're following. But um, how do you view this affecting how people's site may perform in a search or Pinterest context? Like, why does this matter? So it, it matters mostly because uh, all of it's tied together. So um, Google builds this knowledge graph internally. And basically, we're now handing them a knowledge graph of your website on every page. Uh, so we're handing them like, okay, so this is this page which belongs into this graph, and they can tie all of that together. They don't, they don't have to guess to it. And because we also tie it to, for instance, the author person, if you are an author on, one of the, on a site running your SEO and you go to your author profile, you'll see that there are boxes there that allow you to fill, to fill in your LinkedIn account, for instance. Then Google can connect all these things. So it connects you as the LinkedIn person to you as the author of that site. And it uses all of that in those knowledge panels as well. So what I've seen for myself is that when you Google for me, you definitely get to see more data now in my own knowledge panel than you did before. Uh, which is not necessarily all that important to, to maybe everyone, but for me, that was a nice gain. You did the same has happened for Yoast, the company. Our knowledge panel there is a lot more comprehensive than it was. Um, well, I mean, that's super big. If you're trying to tell a story or provide the right information and you don't have the information displaying in that context, that could be huge. Yeah, absolutely. So, it's, so there's a lot of 
And the problem is that a lot of these things are, are relatively small. I think one of the bigger ones is that, for instance, article, uh, and if you use our news SEO plugin, the news article stuff that we implemented there, allows you to show up in a lot more types of news, newsy type searches. So um, there is some places where it's really a prerequisite. Um, we've also done some things to our FAQ and how to structure data blocks that we have for Gutenberg. So if you use those, I don't know if you've seen the new FAQ markup in in, in Google, where you can get a result that is an FAQ, and then every question basically becomes a collapsible within the search results. So people don't even have to click to um, your site anymore to get the answer. You might not know whether that is uh, a good thing for you. Yeah, I was going to say, that might be good or bad, depending on your strategy. But uh, Well, yeah, so it, yeah. it really depends on whether you want to do that. If you, if you Google, for instance, for FAQ Diversity Fund, which is one of the things that we do at Yoast, you'll, you'll see an FAQ result that is really like four of the questions on that page with uh, the answers uh, like literally there in the result. For us, that's very beneficial because we don't need that click to that page. It's not necessarily going to make us money or anything, and we just want that information out there. Um, that probably goes for a lot of FAQs. Uh, so at that point, this can be a very good user experience, and if that's what you're aiming for, then that's probably the best thing to do. I mean, even getting that full, you know, kind of fully fleshed out data profile, um, certainly getting visibility in areas that you might not get otherwise. Um, and especially like in the, your product example, where like there's four products, Pinterest is wondering which one to use. I'm guessing you as the site owner know exactly which one you want. Yeah, to use. exactly. And, and, and the funny thing is we know it too, because we know on which product page we are. So oh, for right. us, the main, the main entity of page is really easy. It's just never done right in, in a lot of these uh, uh, contexts. So I think that the reason that we can do that and we are in the right spot to do that is because we have a lot of that metadata already. At the same time, we don't know everything. So we haven't done a recipe plugin, for instance, um, but we have provided the APIs for recipe plugins to tie into our schema and make, that, uh, and make their recipe uh, schema fit into that very well. Uh, the same ask you about this after our next break, Yost. Does that, does that work for you? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Everybody hang tight. We'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. All right, guys. I want you to come up with an ad for a patented platform that lets you see any company's analytics accounts. I'm talking Amazon, Tesla, Netflix, etc. You know, see their sales and stats in real time. It's called Nacho Analytics. Tim? Nacho, regular analytics company. Charlotte? You can tap into analytics of major companies that don't want you to know how they're performing. Right. And you can also check the traffic and engagement for any influencer on any platform across all platforms. Tim? Okay. Let us help you grow your business. Bailey? So it helps you jump ahead in the concept and development stages so you can build your product better and ahead of schedule. Absolutely. Nacho Analytics lets you see anyone's analytics in real time. Tim? You'll be wondering, where has this company been my whole life? Tim! Sorry. Sales, subscribers, and stats all in one place, and the data is totally anonymous. Holy guacamole, that's good stuff. Ah, now you have me making puns. Let Nacho Analytics level the playing field. What will you do when you can lift the curtain on the internet? NachoAnalytics.com 
Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. The Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries into the 2019 International Web Award Competition. Sign up now at www.webaward.org. Web Award winners receive an image plaque, certificate of achievement, higher visibility for your company, valuable feedback from our expert judges, and links to your site from the highly ranked Web Awards site. And the winners go to, well, you'll have to see for yourself. You can't win if you don't enter. Deadline for entries is May 31st, 2019. Go to web and sign up today. Let's press forward with more. Press this only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I'm interviewing Yost Devok of Yost SEO. Yost, right before the break, you were talking a little bit about your API and how you said you had opened that up to perhaps people making recipe plugins to kind of tie their schema. Yeah, to how does that work? So um, if you go to developer.yoast.com, then you'll, you'll uh, find our developer portal. And then on the right-hand side, there's a link to our schema documentation. We have a full schema API on how, to, how you can add pieces of schema, how that works, how you can tie them to our uh, pieces of schema. Also uh, have code examples on how to do that. And um, well, it's, it's, it's really very easy there to, if, you, if you're a developer, to just pick up that code and just run with it and build it into your plugin. Uh, and then if, if people use Yoast SEO and your plugin together, then they'll have the best schema that we can possibly give them. So you're giving the third-party developers a chance to kind of piggyback on top of that value, but also contribute value back to people using Yoast or, yeah. um, and then these other third-party plugins as well. Yeah, so the, 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 the idea is to, to create more of an ecosystem where people use the same API. We've also described exactly how we output all that code so that others can, if they want to build something similar for uh, another platform or for their own SEO plugin for WordPress, they can basically copy all of what we do. I mean, we're, about, we're an open source company, and we want to share how we think about these things. Um, but I think the easiest thing to do for people is just, just integrate into our API uh, and and use that and say to their people because a large amount of of, of their users will probably already use Yoast SEO. Uh, so it's, it's I, the, yeah, a good ch- good chunk of ours do Yoast. <laughs> <laughs> so if you and that makes it, I think it, at that point it becomes something that we can all collaborate on together because um, I know that we have spent a disproportionately large amount of time researching schema and how to tie things in schema to each other and to how this works. Um, I wouldn't want to uh, uh, have to have that time be wasted by only using it for ourselves. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that people will just dive into this and use that schema API to integrate all, the, all of their cool stuff into it. 
So thinking about this from like the Yoast SEO perspective for a second, you know, um, there's, it's kind of natural tie in with the kind of heritage of supporting, you know, metadata and things like that. How did you, uh, how did the launch go? Did, I know I, I heard of, or, you know, heard it announced that day I was recording with Dave and, you know, subsequently did see people hey, complaining the, about the, it, but. All, all the results have been very positive. People have been very happy with it. Um, the people have been, the, some people have been uh, in, integrating already, but we're still getting the word out there on, uh, well, how to do that and what to do with it. Um, we've seen some very positive results for our own sites and for some of the sites that we keep track of. Um, but um, unlike what a lot of people think, we don't send any data back from our users to us. Um, so we don't really know how it's impacted all of their sites um, because we don't see that. Uh, so we don't have any real data that says, hey, it's been awesome and people got this much more traffic because simply because we don't have that data. Um, but the, the reception has been very cool and people have been very uh, nice about it. Awesome. Last question, short on time here. Do you see people using schema markup to power their own applications? Like are they making that markup easier to parse content for their own purposes, like related article posts, that kind of thing? I mean, do, have you seen people actually using the schema markup for that? Uh, not yet, but I think it's a very, uh, um, it would be a very good evolution. I've, I've also said that one of the, uh, things that I think all of this does if everyone would implement schema very well and in, a, in the way we do it right now It would actually make it easier to build a competitor of Google um, Because the graph is already out there on all on all those individual websites Ooh, That sounds like a big project. That sounds like a big deal <laughs> Yeah, I think it is a big deal. I think it's very very important for uh, uh, for people to really understand schema and uh, really uh, really understand how that can impact the entire open web if we do it well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it also enables underlying technology. And I think one of the underlying technologies to Google that this helps enable is the use of machine learning by tagging all of your content, letting the yeah. machine know what pieces are what. You can then write ML algos against that later in addition to your applications and so on and so forth. So I think for me, tagging data with schema or any sort of structured way is fantastic content. Um, for the purpose of a search engine or otherwise, just because it makes you a lot more powerful in the things you can build and integrate with. Um, Yoast, this is awesome. I wish we had more time. We're definitely going to have you on again, but I wanted to thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Awesome. If you'd like to learn more about what Yoast is up to, go to yoastyoast.com. Check it out. Um, I'd like to thank everyone for listening to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. Again, this is your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.